what what advice would you give to uh, a, a founder that's just starting with with a fintech or maybe someone that is just at the ideation phase where they say well i've got a great idea but yeah. i don't really know how yeah. to start yeah i think the one of the things that i will always say to people is the things i just said is continue regardless of how many failures you get mm. and always stay as close to the market or the customers when you do things and don't change or assume things from investors or from other people unless the market or the customers confirm you in that. So everything you do and everything you change has to be uh, founded in what is the market need or what the user says because the market would tell you what the right product is, what mm -hmm. the right price is, what the right uh, value proposition is. Getting as soon as possible into the market uh, is the most important thing as I see it. Uh, obviously also to have a great team and all that, but you can build that. Right. Um, but I think that's great advice, right? Because uh, especially I think when, when people start entrepreneurial journeys, they hear opinions from all over the place. Yeah. And uh, it sometimes becomes very difficult to know which ones to filter, but I guess you can never go wrong when you're listening to what the market is asking. And, and I used way too much time listening to, to clever people and investors mm. who just wanted to do their own show off, you know. Have, uh, have the circus clown come in and talk about all their great ideas and that they could sit and like another school teacher and, 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 uh, and decide, oh, that cannot be done, oh, that is tried before, or, you know, find all the failures or the potential failures. Don't use time on that. Right. So the, the only failures that is fruitful are the ones that the customers give you. Yeah. Um, all right, Rasmus, thank you so much for being with us. It's uh, great having you here. Um, and uh, let's just start the conversation by, by hearing a little bit about Plata. What, what is Plata? What's your value proposition? Yeah, so thank you for inviting me, Chris. Um, so the value proposition of Plata is that we enable private people to, to refinance debt and uh, meet other people in, in terms of having better uh, financial return on their financial assets and liability. And the reason why we do this is uh, obviously because of the market need. A lot of people need to refinance loan in a bank market where they cannot access funds. Mm -hmm. And a lot of other private people wants to uh, deposit uh, financial assets in, in a market where it's impossible to get a positive return. Right. Okay. So, 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 presumably, some banks also offer refinancing as a as a product. Um, but what what what's what's the specific problem that Plata solves for? Perhaps that those those competitors are not really addressing yeah. in the market. Yeah. So, so the market problem is that fifty percent of all loan applications are declined by the banks. So there's a huge market they need that cannot be fulfilled right now. So let's say you and I, we went to the bank and wanted to get a loan. One of us will come out with a no and one will come out with a yes. And that's a big market problem. And that enables people to go to other more speculative resources where they can find uh, re uh, financial uh, loans. Okay, and so can you tell us a little bit about how Plata goes about providing a solution that is maybe not available to the broader population. Yeah, so, so first of all, it's fair to say that we're not a bank, we're not regulated as a bank, we don't want to be a bank. We're just a facilitator 
uh, of uh, of funds. Mm -hmm. So so what we do is that we provide via our platform we provide an opportunity for people to meet like mm -hmm. a like a dating app or Airbnb or Uber, right. uh, like the concept of sharing economy enable enable users to meet in a market that doesn't exist. So the financial market for for borrowers or lenders does not exist un unless they have a bank. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, right, this is really interesting because we're, I think we're familiar with the idea of the sharing economy, especially in the past few years. We've seen apps popping up where you can get a car and then drop it somewhere else or to get a bicycle. Um, but the sharing economy in the context of financial services, tell us a little bit more about what that is. Yeah, so, so it, it's basically the same as you do with cars and, and, and housing and all you do see in sharing economy. So we, we, have, we provide an infrastructure for people to meet and do this. And, and the reason for doing this is that we believe, and that's also what market studies show, mm -hmm. that uh, people are now ready to share uh, financial assets, whereas in, in the previous years always been the material assets that you look into. And, and the, the, the law and the infrastructure and the whole PSD2 has actually opened up for this to be legal. So, so now, in the old days, it was something that people did privately and they did it like in Facebook groups, but now it's actually allowed to do this legally uh, and to do it on the same terms and on the same, you know, uh, uh, principles as the banks do it just without being a bank. Okay, so I just want to make sure that I understand the concept. So let's say that I have credit card debt, which is one of the highest interest debts. Mm. And I could, in the, in the past, if I, if I couldn't pay the debt, I could have just gone to a family member and say, please, yes. please let me some yes. money. And, and they would obviously either give it to me for free or charge yeah. me less interest. Yeah. So you've taken that concept and you've used technology to, to broaden it, to expand it, yeah. so that people that don't necessarily know each other can participate in a similar agreement. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and this is basically just to create a bank app without being an app. So if you look at companies, they have what you typically refers to economies of scale. So companies, they take all the financial assets and the financial liabilities and then they net it out because it costs a lot of money. As a private consumer, you don't have any negotiation power with the bank. So if you feel like you pay too much for your, your credit or your loan, you go to the bank and say, I want to deduct the interest. It's too much. I've heard my neighbor pay less. I want to pay less. Mm -hmm. They say, okay, go to another bank. So you don't have any economies of scale. You don't have any negotiating power. And if you create the sharing economy concept into the banking industry for, for the private consumer's uh, point of view, you can actually take, let's say, the whole building, all the private people, they came to the bank and said they all wanted a, a better interest. They would probably get it because they have a negotiation power. They have a lot of funds. They have a lot of loans. But if, if you come as an individual, you don't have any power unless you have a lot of money, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, so you're giving people negotiating power by pulling together yes. a number of people that want to negotiate as a yeah. unit with the bank. For yeah, you can you can say that, but you can also refer it as I'm not necessarily giving giving them the power because they still can't get it in the bank. I'm giving them another another opportunity in the market. So I'm providing the market with another market. You can say 
which is still a bank product, regulated fully as the bank, still mm -hmm. the same uh, credit uh, processes and, and uh, you know, data and, and GDPR uh, law and all that, but just providing them with an opportunity that is fully within the law mm -hmm. and still a bank loan, but just not getting them in the bank, getting them from a private uh, investor instead. All right, so I, I think this is really fascinating because we see fintech falling into two broad categories. You see the fintechs that are there to complement the services that the bank yeah. has and for which the bank becomes the main customer. And then we have the fintechs that perhaps are the neobanks that go and then compete directly against the bank. If I understand correctly, Plata is basically falls more on the second category, but you're going after one of the most lucrative products that the banks have. Yes. So what's, what's been the main challenge in, in, in Plata being able to bring a service to market that is in direct competition with one of the, let's call it the cash cows for the banks? Yeah, so, so the problem or the, the main restrictions are not actually the competition of the banks in the market because they're so big and we're so small, so mm -hmm. they, don't, they don't even know we exist, right? Right. So the, the, the first thing we needed to do was to make sure that what we do is within the law. Mm -hmm. So we had a, a long, good process with the, with the FSA to make sure that the model we have, the way we do business, is is allowed and approved by them. We had a, one of the top lawyer companies who actually do all our contra contracts and make sure our, our legal systems are correct. We had MBI to make sure that all our IT uh, architecture was, uh, you know, second to none in what we do. And we had a lot of users to test the product in a test environment. So we used 18 months to actually do all the things before we, we, we launched our product. Okay. Uh, and, and, you know, when you do financial service or data economy, you need to make sure that these things are, you know, probably managed and probably done. And you can actually document what it's about because it's people's personal finance. And that's mm -hmm. a very sensitive thing. Mm -hmm. So you need to make sure that th things are working. You also need to make sure that what you deliver or you promise to deliver, you actually deliver to the customers. Mm -hmm. And that also takes a lot of time to, 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 to build up because it's all about branding in the beginning. You'd, nobody know who we are or knew who we were when we launched a year back mm -hmm. and they still don't know. And it's a lot of, so people can obviously see that they can save a lot of money and do some social good. But at the same time, they're not ready just to pour in money or refinance the whole lot until they actually know it's working. Right, right. Okay, so uh, I think that brings me nicely into the next question that I have for you. Banks always play the card, the trust card. Mm. We have clients because the clients trust us. Mm. They almost see themselves as the, mon the ones that have a monopoly on yes. trust. Yeah. So my question to you is, how, how is Plata disrupting that, that perceived monopoly on trust that, that banks claim their customers have on them? And how, can, how are you uh, attracting the trust from, from creditors and from people that want to refinance their, their so, loans? So for, so for me, it's, 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 uh, it's a very good question because I can't uh, solve that myself either. Or when I ask myself, how come the banks have so many bad cases and people still use them. Obviously, mm -hmm. it's because you need to use the banks and the banks are super good, the best in class in, in terms of 
uh, evaluate if you sh should have a loan or not. They are the best in mm. the market, so they're super good and they're also super good at many other stuff. But building a brand has to do with you deliver what you promise to deliver to the customer. So it's a build-up process over many years. You don't just create a brand and create lo lo loyalty and uh, with with the with the with the users, and then you make sure our road to this creating trust has been having the first 20 paying customers, making them super satisfied and making them. Uh, like retent them. So the first five customers we had, paying customers that were not fools and friends and families, mm -hmm. were actually people from the street. We have nursed them and make sure that they actually return. So these five first uh, paying customers, they re keep returning and deposit more and more money into new loans. And that's a super cool way to create trust. And then you build upon that. Right, okay. And so uh, you, you mentioned that Banks are world class as, at being able to determine who should get access to, to credit, right? Yeah. So these are this, the credit worthiness, the credit assessment process. Um, can you tell me how is Plata using technology yeah. uh, to to improve and even disrupt the whole credit assessment process? Uh, yeah. So so what we do is that we actually piggy bank upon the bank's uh, process. So so the bank has a list of things they need to do uh, from an FSA point of view in order to to create a loan. To a, to a consumer okay. uh, and we make sure that the list of things that they have done are up to date and there are no faults or any uh, things that had, has happened afterwards that makes the, the borrower as a bad payer. Mm -hmm. And if they miss one of these 10 things, we can't, uh, we can't facilitate any loans. So we decline 85% of the applications we get. So in that sense, we're not better than the bank because we need to make sure that the lender actually has some sort of trust in the product that they will get their money return and also the, the, the return on their investments. So, but the, what we do is that we, due to the open banking, so we access the, 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 the user's account, we, we check that they pay their bills, we also check that they pay their repayments when they obtain a loan and the, mm -hmm. the lender actually gets the money. And we monitor these kind of things. We, we have a system where you can upload all the documents, you know, in a private um, uh, folder. For, for the credit worthiness and, and then we just let the system work. So now we have a system where we can do all the things that the banks do and only use five minutes to make sure that there's a match between the, the borrower and the lender. Okay, so, so you would say that your process is more stringent than the, than the bank's process to determine who gets access to, to credit? Uh, I would say that the banks probably have a hundred parameters they look at, the, the, some of the bigger banks, we don't. We have ten parameters we look at which are the basic ones, but then we, as we only look into uh, refinance, there's a, there's a very clear line between what we need mm. to look at and what we could also look at because we don't want to create new debt. So, mm -hmm. so what we are also looking at is, is there needs to be some sort of moral in what we do. So we have a lot of people who, who sign up and want to, to loan money for uh, traveling or you know whatever they need to do and that's all very fine but that's not what we supply to the market. Right. Um, 
But we use this technology in, in terms of getting access to their bank account and their posting to make sure that they pay their bills, they do their repayments, what they have on their tax statement, the salary, the paycheck. We also have uh, collections from the debt uh, collection agency so we can match what is in their stack, uh, mm -hmm. tax income with what they say and if they cannot you know, prove that these, there's, there's, a, there's a, a connection between what all these kind of information flows say, we cannot accept them. So we right. basically use what you can access nowadays in, in, the, in the open data environment, except, except tax. We cannot, we can, we, we have to, we have the users, they have to upload these documents themselves. Right. So it also, I would imagine that, that the fact that you only take a subsample of the data points that are used for assessing credit worthiness means that you could also have a faster response. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so nowadays it takes maybe between an hour and three days for a bank to reply on a loan application depending on which bank and, and, and what you want to loan, mm -hmm. uh, what kind of money you want to lend and for what. Uh, and we have boiled that down to 10 minutes, maybe sometimes one hour if, if they didn't upload everything. Uh, and it, it is more and more working as fast as possible. So what we're aiming to do is to do what the banks do better, cheaper, faster, and with a social uh, impact on it. So, so what we're driven on uh, is also that we want to, to uh, piggyback on these uh, UN goals. And in, you, nowadays you talk a lot about the UN goals, but we actually have two goals that, that talks about money. Mm -hmm. You have the financial including, uh, inclusion part where you want to to become, uh, you need uh, uh, custom, uh, customers to access money cheaper and better, and mm -hmm. especially the 30% who, who struggle the most. And you want to have a growth in capita for every, money, for every uh, person on the planet, not just if you compare a low-cost uh, low country uh, in, in another part of the world with Denmark, but also inside, inside the countries. And this is what we provide. So there's a social element in it where you just transfer the interest rate away from the banks and into the consumer pocket without gearing the, gearing the consumers. Right, okay, and so that, that's, that's, that's really interesting to hear. Uh, my question now is, why did you choose to get into fintech? No, okay, so, so it, it was not a choice to come into fintech because I didn't know it existed. Uh, I worked in a, in a European airline company pre previously with mm -hmm. one of my co-founders and I accidentally uh, stumbled across, across this PhD too. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was a treasury manager previously, which is all about netting financial asset and liability. And they, companies, they pay good money for, for people to do that. Otherwise, it costs a lot of money if they don't. And I thought maybe if you can, if you can scale that exercise into the consumers in an app where they can actually you know be the ones that produce the product like the banks they they earn and produce the products like you do in, in housing and car transportation you actually have an enabler to to create a room for the financial asset and the liabilities as we have seen with the material ones. Um, and I decided to test it with one of my colleagues, one of our co-founders, he's an engineer, uh, engineer. And, and we did it. Uh, two minutes after we tested it, I checked the market. Uh, I could read what the law said and I, I, 
I, you know, you put things together and decide this is what we wanted to do. And I resigned my job and and uh, jumped into it. And I did, it was not a decision I wanted to do fintech. I didn't know, I didn't know the word until I came here. So it's not a matter of being in an industry, more like seeing an opportunity for the for the, for consumers. Wow! So so you came up with the idea, you tested it uh, with with your co-founder. And just like that, you, you decided this is what I want to do now. And yeah, I, I wow. did just just overnight because I used three months to convince them. I mean, it took <laughs> it took five minutes to test the system, the open banking system, that it worked. I could read the law. It it took me maybe uh, a day to check the market statistics, uh-huh. uh, but it took me three months to convince them. Uh, but I was convinced from day one. But um, but I needed a technical uh, partner uh, uh-huh. to be part of it. Um, I knew that. And and when you made this decision, what was the, the biggest concern you had, or you had any any fears? What went through your head as you decided, okay, now I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to put yeah, everything so, behind? Yeah, so obviously I had a very well-paid job. I we have just gotten our second child, bought the second car. And 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 also had a have a house, so I I think at that time the accumulation of bills was at, at its top, uh, so so there was an obvious concern about that, but the the motivation of doing something different and doing something good overcame that concern, and and if you can scale up. If, you know, when you earn more money, it's easy to use more money. Mm. I think it was also a good exercise for us to do the other. Obviously, our kids didn't think that, but <laughs> us as parents, we, we thought it was a good idea. So, and uh, we're still here three years after. Wow, well, that's that's extremely inspiring. Mm. Um, now, when we often talk to, to founders, we, we hear that their, their entrepreneurial journeys are are journeys of, of failures and lessons and failures and lessons. So my question to you now is what, what have been the biggest lessons that you've learned in the past three years while getting Plata to take off? I think that the overall biggest lesson you learn by having all these failures, because it's also very important that people know that it's uh, failures is a constant that will keep, you know, uh, at staying at your doorstep every time. So each time you do something good, there will be three new challenges waiting you but mm-hmm. i think the biggest thing you learn overall is about what are your own capabilities what are your own limits because i've seen a lot of when i started here we were four companies and two of them were already in the market with a super cool teams but they decided to quit after six and, and nine months so i think the biggest lesson to be learned is that if you persist and if you want to do something, you can do it regardless of what other people think and what other people do. Uh, and if you stay true to to your own uh, beliefs and 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 work with it, regardless of whatever happens, you you will eventually prevail. Uh, and because there will be a lot of things that will never work out as planned, you will have to change, you will have to fire, you will have to look for money, you will have to stop things and you know a never-ending story of so failures and 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 challenges but but you need to to uh, continue right and you need to you don't need to you need to have a strong moral mm-hmm. and and a, at one side and and you also need to have a strong character to to continue right and so what what advice would you give to uh, a, a, a founder that just starting with with a fintech or maybe someone that 
is just at the ideation phase where they say, well, I've got a great idea, but yeah. I don't really know how yeah. to start. Yeah, I think the one of the things that I will always say to people is the things I just said is continue regardless of how many failures you get mm. and always stay as close to the market or the customers when you do things and don't change or assume things from investors or from other people unless the market or the customers confirm you in that. So everything you do and everything you change has to be uh, founded in what is the market need or what the user says because we also used maybe <clears throat> six, seven months in things we assumed and changed and, and refined and retuned and eventually we had to do it all over when we, were for, when, we, when we came to market because the market would tell you what the right product is, what mm -hmm. the right price is, what the right uh, value proposition is and then eventually you have to change it. So, so getting as soon as possible into the market uh, is the most important thing as I see it. Uh, obviously also to have a great team and all that but you can build that. Right. Um, but I think that's great advice, right? Because uh, especially I think when, when people start entrepreneurial journeys, they hear opinions from all over the place. Yeah. And uh, it sometimes becomes very difficult to know which ones to filter, but I guess you can never go wrong when you're listening to what the market is asking. And, and I used way too much time listening to, to clever people and investors mm. who just wanted to do their own show off, you know, have, uh, have the circus clown come in and talk about all their great ideas and that they could sit and like another, school teacher and 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 uh, and decide oh that cannot be done or that is tried before or you know find all the failures or the potential failures don't use time on that right so the the only failures that is fruitful are the ones that the customers give you yeah, yeah. so wow that's 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 great advice um, so let's just, uh, just to close, tell us what's next for Plata. What can we expect from Plata in the next three to five years? Yeah, okay, so, so we have two new products coming into the market uh, this year. One of them is license dependent and the other one is not. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other one we hope to introduce with a big uh, partner. Mm -hmm. uh, and what we're trying to focus on the next three to five years is obviously to, to create a brand in a market that people trust. Mm -hmm. and that gives people something else, you know, not just a financial edge because that's, I mean, everybody wants that, that's obviously, but also have a social edge. Mm -hmm. So we are very much uh, focused on whatever we do for customers has a, has a financial uh, return and has a social return. So that's what we will try to build up the next three to five years. Uh, a social profile within financial services. So lending or investing, regardless, uh, regardless of your investor or your, your lend or a borrower and a lender, you see the social aspect in it. So helping other people with their finance or helping other people with investment is, from my point of view, is a, is a big factor within the next couple of years. And this is what we'll try to achieve. I think that's a really encouraging and a very noble cost to take. So uh, we will be keeping an eye out uh, for yeah. Plata here at Nordic Magazine, and uh, we wish you every success with your uh, with your future plans and with the products that you're planning to launch. Yeah, thank you very much, Chris. Thanks thank very you. much for spending time with us. Yeah, thank you.